2: Hello guys and welcome to this week's episode of Heavy Metal Tones with me, your podcast host, Tony Evans um, Now, this is a, a bit of a reaction episode I normally record these, um, oh, as you said, no, on a Monday to go out on a Wednesday uh, but this is now Thursday the 5th of January here in Australia um, and it's about 6.40 in the evening Not that you really need to know that but um, I came home from work after reading an article on the way home and having a discussion actually with my wife um the, the one of the very all the sanity stores in australia are about to close now you might not know who that sounded what sanity is in those that live outside of the shores of australia um it is a record store well it was just a music store you could buy cds and dvds and one-time vinyl and cassettes been around a very long time and the last one has finally decided to close i think there's one still open but it's hanging on tightly but the actual chain itself is finally gone and it made me have a really sort of deep sharp intake of breath um, and a sort of a woeful moan-, moan thought actually about where is the music industry going why is it that now um, the vinyl is outselling um, CDs okay, and cassettes are on the rise again now, what, to th- what I'm trying to talk about is, guys, is that is you know, firstly, this look at um, how we bought records when we were younger. Now, some out there listening to me that are not old enough to have had a record collecting past, but they used to all have bought CDs and so on. Um, physical media. Okay, I've I've covered this before in the part in on the podcast, but this is just sort of a a reaction to the news today. The lady that was talking in the newspaper article um, said that she was surprised that this is ahead of one of the music, like the music industry was surprised that CDs lasted as long as they did. Um, My darling wife calls them the con of the 20th century um, because, you know, uh, an analogue, form like a record for instance uh, if it's left and kept you know you know you know and loved um it won't deteriorate in its older quality whereas um cds i've got cds i've bought i don't buy many but i bought my six years ago and i can't even play them and they'll be kept in their case in the right spot and the right place um i looked after and i've got records that are almost 70 years old that play beautifully um not saying that people who have huge cd collections uh you know if that's how you get your music into your into your head and into your space that's fine i'm not bagging you out that's your way man but what i'm trying to say is that where we would go so where would we go when we were kids we'd go to record stores right it was like it, not all of them were chain stores you know i used to go to one in edgeware called loppy lugs um it, it was a fantastic little record store it was ages away from my house but i'd go there because they had such a great collection and the guy was passionate about music there used to be one in Hendon Broadway, I can't remember the name of it now, but I bought a Lord of the Rings audio book on double vinyl there when I was like 12. Um, it was that sense of the person that owned the store or run the store had a passion for the music. My friend Millsy. He used to run the ABC music stores and he had a passion. He's got a real passion for music. He sort of understood you walk through the door and it, it, there was no judgment. If I went into, up to the counter and, and I took up my empty, because you take up an empty copy of that. you go, to the flick through the shelves and you take the empty sleeve to the counter and they'd fill it with a record for you, right? Or get a fresh cover. Um, often the covers were stolen. They didn't have the records to go with them. But, um, you know, you take it up there and you could take up, i don't know boy george wham whatever you could take up gregorian chants no one would really care he wouldn't judge you because you were there um buying music and you were there in the process of enjoying the medium of music and its and its production right so I was thinking, so yeah, Loppy Lugs for me, and, and I got on And Our Price Records, Our Price Records and Brent Cross. It wasn't owned, I don't think the people who worked there were music nuts, but they certainly knew their thing, right? And I would go and buy, I remember buying Iron Maiden's um, Tail Gunner in every format possible. And I remember the guy saying, You sure you want this? And I had like the picture disc, shape, picture disc, cassette single, single, CD single. You know, I bought the whole lot um in one hit right because at that time you could it was pennies really It was you wouldn't pay a lot of money okay for the product so this also made me think about that about the dollars that we that we splash out for this music that we buy right and i'll come to that later on park that thought we'll we'll get there in a minute but we have to be thankful that um the the hipsters of the world They've given us good coffee. They've given us good food, and they've brought and they've brought the love of um, um, true audio back to the mass market. Now we know, us, um, us, uh, sort of non, you know, we're not we're not non converts. We've been at the church of vinyl for um, our lives, right, and cassettes, and we know that. I was talking to James, my friend, about this. The same thing. He was, he was amazed that cassettes were suddenly, you know, popular again. And I said, "Yeah, cassettes are popular again for the same reason they were popular 40 years ago. Because they're portable. You can make, enjoy making mixtapes with them. They're colorful, fun, easy, throwaway almost to some extent, and very collectible." The downside to cassette collecting at the moment is that the mechanisms that they're asking us to play the cassettes on. So you go out and earn and splash your hard-earned dollars and Deutschmarks and lira and pound and Fennec and whatever over um, to buy yourself a mechanism. Most of the mechanisms now, or cassette techs now, are a very cheap. One brand, I think it's Takai, I can't remember the full name. Anyway, um, they're really poorly made they the motor is very close to the mechanism they're usually mono heads and they're not stereo heads um they the heads themselves aren't that great the actual when you push down the play button it's clunky there's no you know some people who don't know about cassette might think that's the way it should be and it's not you know um we live through a, a time you know the wondrous time when you had touch cassettes like touch button where you a very sensitive digital button you touch and the mechanism would move smoothly smoothly you know i started out with a cassette um walkman it was my brother's the original genuine first generation walkman it was like a brick but it had you know it had everything it had individual volumes left and right it had you know, you name it, it had everything that a stereo would have it was brilliant and then we sort of managed to get those down to the size of a cassette I had some that you could literally it took one, C, uh, one AAA battery and it was the size of a cassette because all of the electronics were in the headphone cable a separate thing so you just had the mechanism and we really miniaturised this stuff and it was amazing it was portable and beautiful to use and um, and so that's why he kept using cassettes now sadly as i said unless you're going to buy a really nice reconditioned old model or you know how to recondition one yourself like i did with my beautiful marantz tape deck um you you you're going to get a quite poor sounding product because and you, you and the, the trouble with this is that you're then paying top dollar in some cases for product and you play it through mechanisms of poor It's are going to put you off right it's really going to put you off, yeah. Um, and the beauty of it, kind of cassettes as well is that um, it, it, they are cheap. You know, I will go to a gig. If I go to a gig, often if the band's got um, a vinyl or a CD, I'll buy the cassette there. They've got it because I can put it in my pocket while I'm at the gig. It's easy to get home, and I've got a little piece of the band, and it feels really cool. And it feels feels my warm fuzzy moment where I've bought some analog audio. Anyway, I'm moving off the site. I'm going off the tropic the, the topic in hand which was the closing of sanity so i remember going and seeing we go to the record stores with our pennies and our dollars and would buy them now sanity's gone so where do you where are we left what what are we left with we're, we're left with um you know the big brand mainstream record stores that are let's be honest milking them the the dollar for as much as they can And then you've got your small independents that are trying their best, like Land Speed Records in Canberra, which I think is one of the best record stores in the world. Um, They just have this, you walk in, it's like, as I said before, it's like walking back into 1985, you know, it's this passion they have. It's this knowledge, this um, want to be around the physical medium in a way that you don't get with mass-produced CD stores, okay? Um, Anyway, where do we go, right? So... We have to go to those our, our mainstream stores that are now doing it. So here we have JB Hi-Fi. The trouble with JB Hi-Fi is, firstly, no store keeps the same type of records. So you can't go into one where I am in Taguig um, and and or, and look for one record, but then you go into the say the City store, which is a bigger store. Granted, it's bigger stores some more turnover, but they should have an equal kind of a you know um, record. collections also you don't find interesting one-offs and 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 alternate versions most of the time it's what the record reps of or companies reps have given them to to pump out right so there's a bit soulless that you 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 buy your vinyl there but it's a bit soulless Um, you pay extrusion extraordinary big money um I, i think these days uh, in these places I mean I, I know that the, the, we have a cost of living crisis Around the world Yes we do But even before then um, You know Where a a record may cost you 30 bucks Australian Maybe $20 American You're looking $70 Australian now Like I picked up There's a copy in JB Hi-Fi in Tugunong, They've got a copy of um, The Clash's first album um, and I've got that. Okay, I've got that. The I've got the Canadian print, the British print, the Australian print, all first copies. I've also got reissued copies. Now, that reissued copy there was eighty-five dollars. Now, unless that record has got some hidden secret in it, um, I don't see the reason. Well, we'll get to that in the second part why I think the prices are what they are. It's probably what's killed off sanity a bit as well. Anyway, they're just they're just a little bit out of price. You know, a young guy who earns a couple hundred bucks a week wants to buy a record because he's really wants to get into the collecting collecting thing. That's a half his wages. You know, yeah, he could save up. Why should he need to? You know, um, I think we we are it's gone the wrong side, and that's why I think that that people like sanity are closing. Firstly, yes, records are taken over vinyl, right? We know that. We also know that downloading and streaming has taken that market away but if that was the case why would vinyl suddenly be out selling cds if if streaming is killing physical media i don't think it is i think streaming is aiding physical media i think it's a need and want for us to sort of nostalgia yeah but also also the understanding um the 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 the, you the understanding of the the physical media like a record is much more enjoyable to use. You lay on your bed when you were a teenager, didn't you? My wife was talking about this this evening, and you'd have the record in front of you and you'd read who was on it. You could look at the artwork. When someone spends six months of their life painting an artwork, the classic example is Mark Wilkinson, who does all of the um, Merillion. We used to do all the Merillion covers that I made and Judas Priest, but predominantly Merillion, his work and Fish's work that work is, seem to be, should be seen in a size of 12 inches and more it's not for looking at on a stamp, it just doesn't work and then when they go to create that art they have to create the art so it looks good small as it does big and you lose detail when when um, Derek Riggs, um, Riggs um, painted the painting for uh, the cover of Somewhere Back in Time I'm oh, sorry, sorry not Somewhere Back in Time You know what I mean. I'm I'm a bit sort of passionate to. Sorry, you know what I mean. You know what I'm saying, right? Um, Somewhere in time, somewhere back in time, was a tour they did. Apologise. You know that is. As we've discussed this, if you go right back to my early episodes, I did an episode on Maiden covers, and this is one of the sort of preeminent amazing covers like it's so much detail in it that you try and see that on a cd cover you're not going to see it you're really not going to see it so there are generations out there that have bought this product and cannot see this wonderful stuff that's going on pick the vinyl up it's all there it's in your face you can see every single easter egg and every single in joke and every single movement and, and 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 reverence to the band and their history in this cover right so People want that. They they want that again, you know. And I think it's not all about hipsters in 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 um, you know, tofu eating hipsters in raffia work sandals and long socks, you know, man buns and coffee and you know oh, let's listen to the jazz album vinyl because it's really trendy now. It's not It's not about that. I don't think. I think if that was the case, then the money would not be flowing through to these this medium. It clearly is outselling and I don't see it stopping either but anyway where was it going from so you've got these big stores they're not you can't get you can't get a good selection in them you know considering that they they buy in bulk they charge more and I don't understand I don't know whether that's because uh, in in inadequacy in understanding the the marketplace or the the feeling they're gonna bulk them for every dollar they can now I know there's not a lot of markup in vinyl i know that i really know that and the reason that is is and i'll tell you what the reason that is we'll get to that on the b side in a minute um but there's a reason to that so what i'm going to do is i'm going to go away and get myself a a quick drink calm myself down and we'll chat on the other side about um costings and where we go from here anyway talk to you soon welcome back guys to part two so as you can see i'm quite passionate about this and i'm so i i've not made notes here with this i'm just going which is a knee-jerk reaction to the article i read okay so on the beast on the a side as i talked in the first part of the show i talked about how why the prices are where well, they are now there's a couple of reasons okay economics yes but b is because we don't have as many pressing plants in the world anymore right there's very few really good pressing plants now in the old days a band say like The Who would release a record an album they would send the master copies to all major continents so Australia, America um, you know uh, South Africa, South America all those those master copies would go to the pressing plant and there'd be a few pressing plants and they would press the record there make the covers there do all of the stuff there Therefore, keeping it in the country, firstly, therefore, you're not importing, you're not paying extra duties and taxes. Okay, That's why in record collecting, you get so much beautiful variants in earlier days where you get, like I just mentioned, I've got the Clash's first album. I've got it on the Canadian print. I've got the American print. I've got the UK print, Australian print. ...New Zealand print... ...because they would have different run-out notes... ...they can sometimes have different variants in the artwork... ...they can have different codes... ...if you want to be a nerd about this stuff baby... ...you can be a real fucking nerd about that stuff... ...anyway... ...but because they were produced in the country... ...that people were buying them in... ...now you did... ...those countries still exported them... ...because people wanted... ...in England wanted to buy an Australian print... ...but that's fine... ...that's that country's market... ...but here... ...for instance... Um, ...you'd have a, you'd a, a pressing plant in Melbourne... One in Sydney, maybe one in Perth, okay. Maybe what you know, because it's a big country. So you would have them around the place, and so therefore, the dollars that were coming through, um, the dollars we could charge for those records were much, much less because we didn't have all the import stuff, right? So therefore, you go to the record store and you, and it was, it made sense. You'd you'd buy a record for ten bucks or ten pounds or, you know. A, a, roughly at that time maybe an hour's wage maybe two or three hours wage whatever it was whatever year it was okay and so the record stores could stay alive because they could buy a truckload of them and sell them on and obviously you'd send back ones that didn't sell sell a return but you'd make a good profit on them because you weren't paying all the taxes and duties Fantastic, right? So that's one side reason records are expensive. And the reason why places like Sanity have lost, and we lose, and companies like that have gone. So what we are doing? What are we doing about it? Well, according to resources, we are opening new pressing plants in Australia. There's a new one opening in Melbourne. I believe one in Adelaide comes quite soon. Uh, once that happens, we could, in theory we should be having the reduction in price of the vinyl. The second stage is this, guys, and I really mean this. I am an audiophile. I really love very crisp, clean sound, but I also love the crackle and pop that you get, the hiss and the moan that you get with an older record, that you get with a slightly dusty record. I don't care, right? It's something that gives me warmth and pleasure. If I want a completely audiophile copy, I'll put the FNCD on, right? If I can find a copy of it. Now, this is where the problem occurs with why people like Sanity have gone and why JB Hi-Fi will, you know, sort of ruining it slightly, is because what you need is you need with all product. This is supply and demand, but you need options, okay? As I said in the first part, I go and buy every single one. I get the single, the whatever. When I walk into a record store, if say Stephen Wilson has released a new Porcupine Tree album. And he's got two options. Okay, he's got the audio file option, which will cost you fifty dollars. Here it is, 180 grams. Right? Um, beautiful, slightly different artwork, make it more value for money, right? In that package. Now there are some record labels out there, which I can talk about later, which do give you amazing value. Um, transcending obscurity is one of them. This just beautiful, beautiful value product. But that aside, OK, then you could look at the foodist and you might think, oh, OK, but I'm an 18 year old music fan. I like porcupine tree. I can't buy that at $50. I'm never going to own it. But next to it in the same rack is the $20 version, which is not 180 grams, which is slightly more flimsy. And I have I was showing my Karen in this afternoon. I've got one. You flip it and it goes out. It's like a wobble board. It doesn't make the sound any worse if you don't know what you're listening for okay if you go home and you put your um, your vinyl on an expensive beautiful ten thousand dollar cartridge or even a like me like a nice four hundred dollar cartridge with beautiful speakers and something you set up and you spent a long time working on it you will hear the difference if you go home and put it on your flea market record deck right or your hundred dollar record deck you bought from a local uh, you know, audio supplier because that's what you could afford. You're you're not going to hear the difference. So unless you're a collector, we need to get back to having value for money when it comes to the records. You know, make it make it something so the kids. I mean, I'm saying this: the kids can have it because at the moment, it's us fifty somethings with double income and no kids and no mortgage anymore that go out and spend the cash. And that's where. But we are not going to buy in the in in trendy record stores like we're not we're going to go to the ones we feel comfortable with people of my age don't like change we'll go to land Speed. we'll go to songland we'll go to reckless records in sydney we'll go wherever we go to those places that we feel nostalgic and comfortable and warm but the young people aren't going to do that because they're intimidated by that these places so we need to if we want these the future of vinyl to stay buoyant and upright firstly more pressing plants see more option for them to buy the records at a less, not less quality but yes, less of it, I mean I saw the other day someone was trying to sell me a 240 gram vinyl print now just to be nerdy the heavier the platter the less vibration the more true the needle plays in the groove yeah, absolutely I get that I absolutely get it Again, this is for people that... And they will be go there. They will become those people once they've got into it. But I didn't go into Boots of Chemist when I was nine years old and buy with my my pocket money the Who's by, the Who uh, by Numbers because I wanted an audiophile quality. I wanted to take that record home. I wanted to put it on my record deck and I wanted to play it loud. And it was the only way I could do it then because it was that or CD or cassettes. But there was also... If I remember rightly, I could still get that, and my brother had it on an eight track. But that's a, you know, that's a whole nerdy thing. Go, won't go there, right? I'm just saying, there was the options weren't there. If I'd gone into the record shop with my into boots, the chemist, would you believe it? A chemist sold records. I'd go in there, and I had my five pounds in my hand. It was saved up for weeks and weeks and weeks. My brother gave me an extra pound um, because I wasn't quite there for it. Um, and I looked at the record deck rack, the record rack, and that same record was fifty pounds or 25 pounds, I would have walked away and I would have i would have never have enjoyed and appreciated that moment in my life because it was, was far too particularly expensive. And this is what's happening, why people like Sanity have gone out of business. It's not because CDs have taken over. It's because we demand, well, the record industry demands us to listen to vinyl at such a high level that we can't afford it. It's gone into the pockets of the nerds and that's fine because I'm a music nerd and I appreciate it. But we need to bring it back. You know what I mean? It's it, that it, it's as it's as simple. It's as simple as that. It's the same with um, as I talked to you in the first part about the mechanisms. You know, if we're going to proliferate the market with this older, tried and tested from the '60s, well, records are old since the '20s, but you know, vinyl since the '60s sorry, um cassettes since the six compact cassettes since the nineteen sixties. If we're gonna go with that tried and contested medium, we need to give the consumer an option to play it cheaply, not so much cheaply, but with an option to choose different levels. If I go into not all of us are are um, Kim Kardashian kind of money, right? If I walk into a record, into a stereo store and I've got and I've saved and I've got I've budgeted and I go I want a stereo for my lounge room or my bedroom or my music room or whatever and I want to spend 250 or 250 pounds or 175 US or whatever I want to spend. I need to have an option that I'm not going to get a turd a a, a, a turd of a of a system because they are awful cassette decks. They are awful. There, there's a really great um youtube channel called tech moan t-e-c-h-m-o-a-n he's an english guy he's got hundreds and hundreds of uh, of videos up he does a brilliant thing about modern day tech because he's a he's a tech nerd like me like a stereo nerd but he doesn't it doesn't a, a think about modern tape deck um mechanisms and it will blow your mind the quality the shit that they put in what we think we think is high end and it's very very hard now to find cassette decks. So obviously if cassettes are booming, company's going to make them, but they, what they're going to do is they're going to try and whittle down the dollars. And unless you're going in and buying yourself a Bang & Olufsen, or uh, a Bose or high-end Sony or whatever, you're not going to get you're just going to get a plastic box that resonates badly with a mechanism, mechanism. Now one of the problems with cheap tape decks, guys, is woe and flutter. Now if you know what wow and flutter is, you probably all know what it means. It's that Ooh, ooh, it's when a tape sound. If you played a signal, um, say a straight signal, of eight dB, and it was like a whistle, like, like that, it would wave up and down. and Go. It's the, it's the, it's the tape deck itself, the the motor not at a steady level. It's a poorly made motor and a poorly made mechanism. So it's gaining and slowing, gaining and slowing, and that ruins the sound of your tapes. Now, on a tape deck, on a record deck, if it hiss and crackle. Take be my guest perfectly fine but will flutter on a record on a tape deck it's absolutely shocking and you can hear it and it would put you off playing your tapes it really will so those mechanisms you can if you know what you're doing you can open them up and you can adjust the power in the motor there's a little little screwdriver a little screw above the motor with a plus and minus so you can add or minus some of the power to bring that one well flatter down but you need a one well flatter meter to check it and who's going to do that no one right no one's got one the, i mean techman's got one but he's he does it for a living right so you want to be able to firstly so what we need why what do we where i'm coming from is if we want record stores like sanity back if we want more variety back and we want to bring the fun and the collection and the and people being more integrated with their medium we need to a firstly bring the price of the records down we need to give more choice we need to make the product that we're playing it on not some cheap rubbish um that's poorly made and i'm not gonna say china i don't mean it that just they are poorly made a lot of this stuff mass-produced they get the one mechanism they just put it in everything you know honest goodness I the thought of putting my record collection you know and I have a very very valuable for me dollars and sentiment record collection the thing of putting something of mine even the stuff I don't really care that much about onto a flea market record deck just makes my eyes want to roll back in the head and explode. It really does. It just hurts me. But I wasn't always at that level. I would play records on the shittiest of record decks. I was very lucky, though, because I had brothers who were uh, record deck nerds and stereo nerds, and we would spend hours and hours and hours, and I mean criminally hours, um, walking around, you know, hi-fi stores looking. Um, There's a really great, funny sketch on a not nine o'clock not the nine o'clock news we, when they do the whole guy goes into but Mel Smith goes into buy a record player and they take the young guys behind the deck when they counter take the piss out of him I mean and I've been there when people would try to be like that my brother my brother's just like no I'm telling you what I want I want this I want that I want linear tracking I want this I want it, it was just a beautiful thing to watch so, there. So, we need to bring the mechanisms of tape decks. We need record decks up to a level where you're not paying. Yeah, if you want to pay criminally high money, fine. If you've got $7,000 for record deck and you love it so much, then. And trust me, if I had 10 grand to pay on a record deck, I'd fucking spend it. I'd spend it. Um, okay? Because. You get to know what's valuable and what's valuable, good for money, right? Um, I mean, we don't have magazines like What Hi-Fi anymore where you could get the magazine and go for it and get really good advice. Yeah, there's websites, but websites are often, you know, there's a lot, I mean, just to be honest, the internet is a wonderful and amazing thing, but a lot of it's full of shit and and, and bad advice. So we need more We need more educated people to sell their product we need the product to come down in price we need a variant of product and we need that's the only real way we're going to get stores like sanity and the feeling that we had as kids to the future of our children and their children when it comes to music uh it really simple as that right simple as that so i ranted there because i genuinely feel very passionate about it right um because we we are we are we are conning a generation of people that I think they're I mean, i you know, I used to go to stand I was standing in J, JB Hi-Fi two days ago um, and looking through the records and, you know, these teenagers come in, college girls not a single idea not a, a not a one jot of idea of what they're looking for but they were having fun and they were talking about hey look at the artwork it's amazing look at this horror artwork and you know look at you know my dad's got this on i got a record player we should take uh, buy a buy record and go home and play it on dad's record deck and then they look at the record price and truly you should have seen the color drain from them right it was like oh this is $79. 79 dollars. 79 dollars, guys you know some, I've been at gigs, gigs with three hours of live music that cost less than that. Now, as I said, I would pay it. My friend John and Matt and Mielsy, we pay it. Because we can afford to pay it and we know what we're buying most of the time. But those people, those girls, they're lost, right? They've walked away. Because it wasn't an option for them to buy the same record at $20. Which I'm sure they probably could have afforded. I think also, to be fair, the death of the music chart has also killed the independent, the record stores like, like um, um, sanity really, because you know I have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of singles. Right, I would go and buy a single with whatever money I had in my pocket, now, it didn't matter that it was only one song. I mean, people I've had. I mean, I talk to people; they won't buy collect singles because it's one song what the fuck? I used to buy that song because it was the only way I could afford at that time to get new music in my life that I could have permanent. And I'd buy the single for a pound, 50p, $1.10, pound twenty. you You'd buy the single because often on the B-side, used to be the case, and remember this, guys, used to be the instrumental version on the B-side, and then they would put singles on the B-side and you'd have double A-sides and songs that weren't on the albums so you'd buy that single and you'd buy all the singles off the album because you, you and you'd go in and you'd look at what and if you weren't sure what you're buying you could you'd often see them on a saturday morning i'd walk in looking for the latest Marillion single or I'm maiden single or um, xtc single or whatever and you'd see them looking at the charts young kids and they'd be like oh what looks good that's number five let's get that and so they would expand their minds for a few pennies. They might take it home and hate the living shit out of it. But they also might go, well, no, you know what? I took that risk. I took that punt. Because you could for a pound. You could for 50p. You could for two pounds, right? It wasn't going to, you know... That's why, I suppose, streaming, to some extent, is, why, is my shop window. So I go to streaming, I listen to it on streaming, and then I'll buy the physical copy. Because it's may have me going, they are expensive... I will use this as a as a, a as a way of medium of listening to on the move and I will buy the physical copy but anyway so singles so I think the death of the singles the top 10 has gone it has killed it as well right you know if we're going to bring back cassettes truly if we're going to bring back cassettes to sell people we also need to bring back blank cassettes you can buy new used new unused product on eBay cassettes but they cost a fortune like the pack of 5C60 cassettes is like 50 bucks. That's ridiculous. So bring that back into the marketplace. So you can make a mixtape for the one you love. You can make a tape that you, of stuff for the car. You may not have a cassette deck in the car, but you know what I mean. You can make it for friends who might have cassettes. You can swap it. You can do sorts of stuff, right? Anyway, um, the Death of the Singles also killed sanity, I think. That slowly killed it, right? You know, also as I mentioned in one of my podcasts before, Apple's ability to split the whole album into one dollar songs also killed those record stores because you wouldn't go and buy it. like um, MC, not MC, MC, Ice, Vanilla Ice's album sold so many records, vinyl and CDs because you could only buy you could you wanted it for the one song right, but you bought the whole album. Because you couldn't get the one song, because you might have missed it. And the single's gone out of the charts; it's gone. But soon, and so that particular um, artist got the huge revenue on this sing on this album. But as soon as you could break it into segments and pay one dollar per song, why would you bother buying the album? You just buy that song anytime you want it. So all those other nine songs, which could be valid, have gone, and you and that income stream for that that particular uh, artist is gone. So we do need to bring I think bring back physical singles bring it on I think I'd be out most weekends buying singles um, you know excuse me a second as usual my rec- my my. for some reason I've told you this before I set this so that my laptop wouldn't go into sleep mode and it goes into sleep mode play silly thing um, anyway yeah so that's another reason so all the things i've mentioned are why things like sanity are gone let's just take a second here to say goodbye to a place where many many teenagers many old adults of my age um when spent their hard-earned money at the to pray and to to um to pay uh, tribute at the altar of music and 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 bring it home and, and be part of it. I've told John this many times. I said to many of my friends, the reason I love vinyl is that when I have that copy, because it's a physical imprint of the music on the copy, it feels like I've got that musician in my room, my own something at part of that musician, right? Whereas a CD was just ones and zeros, and it's not the same. It's it's just not the same. Anyway, I'm rabbit on too long. I just wanted to. I, this is, again, as I said, this is, this is um, off the cuff. No, no. Um, no no, notes just how i feel at the time but yeah goodbye let's just let's take a moment say goodbye and say goodbye to all the store if every country you're in all of us would have a store all of us where because we've listened to this podcast we like music we've all been a record store okay we all have one in every country in every city in every town and every village and everywhere we are where it's gone bye-bye ta-ta because of all the factors that I've mentioned, because of dollars that it costs to to buy the records, because of the proliferation of um, cheap product that people don't feel connected to. And there are people that are out there who love it. I mean, Matt's got a huge CD collection. It's one of the biggest CD collections you'll ever see. It's a sight to behold. It's beautiful. But that's how he takes his music. That's how he. But he, he has reverence and understanding for it. But most people don't. Is they're chucked in the car on a hot day and they warp. They, they lose them down the back of the cupboard. They, you know what I mean. It's just. It's made music. To some extent, streaming as well is made music a throwaway medium that no longer is something that's soulful, creative, wanted. It's not. It's not. A, it's not a. Affirmation anymore, right? But we all got those doors, so let's all say goodbye in our heads quietly. Let's take a second here. Yeah, says so enough. Just say goodbye, right? And hopefully, hopefully, those memories are still with you. But they will come back. There, it will happen if what I said happens. If I was the president of the universe, this is, would be the case, right? You know, the, the punk ethos had a, the punks had a great ethos, right? that was uh, not the American punks the UK punks had a great eco- ethos that was sell this record for no more than a pound or two pounds. It's why um the Clash when they re- released Sandinista which is a four vinyl um epic the reason why that they struggled with um the record label and had massive fights is that they wanted to release that record for four ninety nine I think it was or three ninety nine but because it was four vinyl the record labels like no, no, no. It has to be much, much more. And they didn't want that. They wanted their fans, all of them, could own the product, the quality that it is, in the level it was for an affordable product, and they could still make money on it. There was only the record labels that were demanding that they paid more, that they charged more. Yes, it's not my favorite album. There's that's neither here nor there, okay? Um, but this is this is why the punky force had it right. They had it right yeah it's you know sell the records and the vinyl the cassettes and so on at a level that everyone can enjoy make it a level playing field for all of us to worship at that altar as I said um, anyway that's me I've said my dash today I'm, I'm going to go now. now and put a you know sit in front of a fan and cool down because I'm, I'm, it has really riled me today it's really sort of got in my head that we no longer these things are all disappearing thank goodness thank goodness for Lansby Records and thank goodness for all those record stores out there that are part of record store day Um, that's why record store day is also extremely important Um, extremely important it's it's my Christmas day to be honest with you I love it I love it I love it in fact I live for that first week or second week in April I really do when the lists come out I get very very excited um so, that's it for me, guys. War takeaway from this is, all of us now have a quiet thought about that place we went to when we were kids that we put our records from. It could be impact records here in Canberra. It could be... Um, it was all sorts of places here in Australia. But for me in the UK, it was Loppy Lugs. It was Our Price. It was even the Tape and Record Exchange in Camden Town. You know, they had branches everywhere, Camden Town, Notting Hill. I would travel, this is the truth, I would travel, it was a second-hand record store, and I would travel around the whole of North London to each one of those on a Saturday and try and find a bargain. Because how it worked was a record would come in, they'd price it, say, 10 quid, and it'd sit there. And each week it didn't sell, they'd get a little label and they'd reduce it by a pound. And I would go and I would do cheeky things, like I would put the record at the back of the, the collection, and I'd buy my time and hope that that record got down to, like, 50p. And then I'd buy it and snap it up. Sometimes I'd miss it. Someone would bought it before me. But I'd take that chance, right? And you could get some absolute crackers. You know, they had a basement where everything was 50 pence. And I picked up some brilliant XTC stuff and some really, really good killing joke stuff there that just didn't sell upstairs, right? We've all got those places in our minds. And, and I think let's take a thought for all those people that worked in those places that had passion for it let's hope they haven't become soulless office workers that don't care for music anymore and i'm not saying that all office workers are that that case i'm not but you know what i'm saying i'm just painting a picture of a gray person with no no love of passion of music in their life and i feel that's sad for those people but anyway let's just leave it there let's have those four um let's hope that in we have the same conversation in a year's time or two years time and i revisit the same subject And we have a proliferation of wonderful record stores on our high streets where we can go in at a reasonable price, buy a good product, but if we want to specialise, spend more money and treat ourselves, get a better product, but within our means to do so, but if we choose to get the cheaper one, but we don't lose anything at all in its quality, we just, that's where it should be, all right? and then hopefully we also we've said better mechanisms better education on the mechanisms of cassette decks better education on tape decks and how they work and stereo setups alright what you do is you go into your you go into your house where if you've got one of those horrible cheap micro systems sitting somewhere honestly chuck it in the bin right now chuck it in the bin go and get yourself some separates go get yourself some you know specifically designed pieces secondhand is probably the best way to do it i'll do a whole episode again on that on where to go and how to do it sometime soon because that's an interesting topic but you know what treat the music with reverence and treat the product with reverence as well anyway that's me for now talk to you next week bye guys bye for now